0: Um, we're, we're just thankful for the presence of God, for the spirit of God and for the outpouring of his Holy Spirit and um, just encourage the ladies, get along on Tuesday night, bring a dessert and um, let's get, get fellowship back in again uh, and, and join in and also even um, we're just it's just good for community, isn't it? It's just good, like Ruth and different people have mentioned this morning about family uh, and I love the way that It's already been said, family can be messy. And family can be all over the show. It can be up and down. But we are a family here that loves community. We are a family that loves to call out the the best in each other, whatever that looks like. And I'm trying to see where Brian Malloy is. Is he here? There he is. We were praying earlier on in the kitchen. And Brian prayed. And he was giving thanks to God this morning. Because you see on Tuesday... Brian is 20 years clean of alcohol in his life. We are a church that champions what God is doing. Brian's prayer this morning was God, I couldn't have done that. I couldn't have done that without you. And that's real. 20 years clean of alcohol. By the grace of God, that's what it's about. Brian, we want to say we love you and you're a mighty man. And the Lord's not done with you yet. I really sense there's a spirit of Caleb that's on your life. That it's as if the Lord's renewing your, your spirit. Even Caleb was old that he says, Give me that mountain, God. I've still got good eyesight. I'm still strong. And I'm excited for what the Lord has for you in the next season, um, Brian. And the Lord's not done with you. And, church, I, just even over the, the weekend, a few of us were at the, a new festival up in Newcastle and County Down yesterday. And, and last night, um, they were lighting these wee different fire pits for all the 32 counties of our, of our island. And I walked past, and there was only one county. I'm sorry. It was of any real interest to me in, in our island at the minute. And I was looking for dairy. I was looking for London Londonderry. And there it was. And it was on the map of, of people praying. And we're, we're in the middle of this sermon series of, of being set apart. And we've been singing this morning about the Holy Spirit, about the presence of God coming. Some people were actually crying out about revival. And our city needs it. Our city needs it. We need it. We need the God of miracles to come. We need the God of wonders to come. We need the God that set history in the past to come and do it again. And I love reading books. I love reading stories of the past. But why would my God not come and do it again in our time? Why would he not come and do it again in our city? Why would he not come and do it again and pour out his spirit over just our city and the surrounding areas and revive his church and revive his people. We've been sensing in the last few weeks just a real increase of God's presence and God's power. And I want to just tell us this morning that the Lord is really doing something new. He's doing something new within his people. He's doing something new within his church. And he is just preparing his way to get what he wants. And I'm excited about this new season that is coming. And this is an opportunity for us to actually get on board with what the Father is doing. It's actually to, to lean in and to step in to engage in what the Father is doing. It's not a time to back off and say, no, look, that's not for me. This is a time where we need to step in and come to the Father and say, yes, I'm engaging. We can't um, step back and refrain back from this because the Lord is on the move. He is on the move in our island. Um, it's great to have Brian Pastor Brian Somerville with us this morning as well, Brian was a previous pastor here in Cornerstone and a great great friend of the house and Brian sits in the, the leadership team within CCI, it's good to see you Brian and have you here with us this morning but I, I was just, we're, we're looking this morning at this next um, series of, of being set apart, and I've, uh, I'm going to take a look at the golden calf, and, and I've called it this morning, um, Prone to wonder Wander, sorry, Wander. And I, I wonder, do we all the times in our lives have we wandered off? Have we ever got lost? I remember as a child, there's times I, I got lost as a as, a, as a child. There's probably still times I get lost as an adult as well. And I wonder where am I in Tesco's? What am I here doing? What, what am I in here to get? And that, but the other, the other Wednesday, we've been journeying with this guy. I'm going to call him Joe. It's not his name. We've been journeying with this guy, Joe, in the Hope Center over the last month or so. And um, a couple of us were out in the van doing stuff. And, and I seen him. He caught my eye and he was just wandering about up at the bar on Dungevin Road. And I was like, why why, why is he there? He, sh- he shouldn't be there. But he was just wandering about. And then later on that evening, I saw him again. And I was like, well, there, there's something not right with him. He's just wandering about. And then he eventually came to the Hope Center. And he managed to find his way here. He had, no, he had no reason really to be here, but he came here. And his words was, I knew I could come somewhere where I'd be safe. I knew where I could come to somewhere where I could talk. I knew I could come to somewhere where I could just be myself. And a few of us got to pray with him. We eventually probably, yeah, we did. We had to ring an ambulance because he was off his head. And three or four times he said, I'm going to the bridge. And the reason I say that is because we all wander off at times. We all take a wander. And in our own faith and in our own lives, I wonder where we are at today. I wonder what what we're like. Where are we at with God? Um, We're going to take a a look at uh, at Exodus 32, and it's a a golden calf. And here was the people of God. Um, They had just got the Ten Commandments. They had just come come from the presence of being with God. And here they were. Moses had got the, the, two, the two tablets with the commandments. The covenant with the people was made. And they all of a sudden decided that they needed this false god. They needed this god. And I don't know about you, but they built this calf. And I wonder at times, do we put false gods in our lives? Do we put idols in our lives. And I just want to say to you, there's been a few occasions in my life that yes, I have. I have had idols and I have had false gods. You see, an idol is something other than having God in our lives. An idol can be made to find God that he is insignificant and it is inadequate to us. We put things in the way of God. An idol can be something that contends with our time, and it can take the place, and it can become better than God. Whatever we value more than God has become an idol in our lives. You see, it takes our attention, it takes our energy, it takes our resources, it takes our finances, and we pretor- we prioritize, we, uh, We'll go again, but prioritize, thank you, such things in our lives. We put them first. And I'm just going to be honest with you. For those of you that know me, you know that my career is a chef. So there was a time I put my apron ahead of God. I put my career ahead of God. When I was about 16 to 18 I really invested in my career. I had the best chef whites that there was. I had the maddest chef's trousers. I had the best set of knives. I had every bit of equipment that there was that I probably didn't need. I had it all. I had things to slice eggs and to take the core out of pineapples and and all this. And for a period in my life, I made my career my God. And there was also a time And I'm not going to say I was good at football, okay? I'm not saying that. There was a time I made football a God of my life. Everything else went to the side. My marriage suffered. And again, I wasn't playing at a great level here. Let's just get that right. But what I did was I put this in front of Lorraine. I put this in front of Reuben and Anna. All I had in my head was When am I playing football? Who is going to play football? Now listen, it was five aside here. We're not chatting. I had trials for anybody. I'm putting it out there now, okay. But I'm I'm pretty good. I'm pretty good. But I was putting this in front of God. And it wasn't good. And what it did was, it broke down in the way that I treated my wife. It broke down in the way that I treated my children. It created this false priority in my life. And it wasn't good. And sometimes we invest our times, our talents into things that aren't God. And I look across this room, we have all different things. And you know what your thing is. It's going to be different for each one of us. Some of us, it is a career, some of us, it is finance, some of it is just maybe an addiction. Some of us it is that it's just even chatting. It's just, what I mean as gossiping. We put all these things into being a God, and they want to take over. And before we know it, we don't really know where we are. You see, we come, and and we have to lay these things down. We have to come, and we have to do that. So I want to pick up um, just an Exodus, if you have a Bible or a, a device, and it's on there. And if you don't have either of those, I encourage you, if you need a Bible, we have Bibles here in this church. We'd love to give you a Bible if you don't have one. Uh, But I would encourage you, bring your Bible. Bring your Bible with you. We're going to turn to Exodus 31, um, verse 18, and then go into Exodus 32 for a few verses. And uh, this is where God, in Exodus, at the end of Exodus 31, he wrote with his finger. He actually wrote the Ten Commandments. This is what it says: When the Lord finished speaking to Moses on Mount Sinai, He gave him the, the two tablets of the covenant of the law, the tablets of stone, and inscribed them by the finger of God. And then in Exodus, chapter 32, verses 1 to 6, when the people saw that Moses was, a, was so long coming down the mountain, they gathered around Aaron and said, "Come, make us gods who will go before us, as this fellow Moses, who brought us out of Egypt, we don't know what's happened to him." Aaron answered them, "Take off your gold earrings. Of, oh, take off your gold earrings that your wives, your sons, and your daughters are wearing, and bring them to me." So all the people took off their earrings and brought them to Aaron. He took what they handed him and he made them into a cast, an iron cast, and into a shape of a calf. And I'm wondering, where, where did Aaron get this cast? Where did he get this iron cast? Like what on earth was he doing with something like that? Why was it there? And, and then we read on. Um, and they cast him in the shape of a, of a fashion calf with his tool. Then he said, these are your gods, Israel, who brought you up out of Egypt. And Aaron saw this. When Aaron saw this he built an altar in front of the calf and announced Tomorrow there will be a feast to the Lord. So the next day the people rose early and sacrificed burnt offerings and presented fellowship offerings. Afterwards they sat down and they ate and drank, and they got in to indulge in rivalry. And what this was saying was here, that last bit of 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 the verse where it says they ate, they drank, and they indulged. What that was saying was they had a party that got out of control. They got a party that got out of control. That led into sinful acts. That led into a, like just a, an absolute mental party where everybody did whatever they wanted. This is what's happened. So they came from the, the mountain being with God. They've got the commandments. They've got the covenants, and like that, they want a false god. You see, the reason that that this has happened was was because they they had came from Egypt. They had came from where these calf gods was one of the gods, the Canaanite people that were around them. That was another false Beal God. This was all that they knew. And here was poor Moses, their leader. It says that he he was delayed or he, the word that he was a, a, a long time away, that cross references in the book of Exodus a few times, where that would have been where he would have been away for 40 days or 40 nights. He was spending time with God. Moses had a close relationship with The Father, Creator, God. And they spoke so intimately to each other. And in those times, there was about five of them, it's recorded in Exodus, that Moses would have went along and spent time listening to God, seeking his face, hearing his voice, and being in his presence. You see, 40, David mentioned this last week, 40 is a key time in the Bible. 40, we think of it whenever with Jesus, we may think of that about testing. whenever the devil showed him all of the world and, and was there. But then we also think of Noah. We can think of Jonah, and, and we can think of just even Elijah as well. These are people in the Bible that spent time with God. But this testing wasn't a bad testing. Whenever we think of testing, we should think of that it's an invitation to mature us into a closer relationship with who Jesus is and what he is calling us into. Whenever all of those people in the Bible were in that 40 period of testing, It was to draw them closer. It was to refine them. It was for the Lord to come and to speak to them and to reveal himself to them. And Jesus wants to do that to us today. He wants to mature us in our walk. There are some people here today and you feel that you're you're going through a 40-day testing period. You're going through like this refiner's fire as if your world is coming in against you. And I want to encourage you today, again, don't disengage with that. Engage into that. Because the Lord wants to meet you right in the middle of it. He wants to come and meet you where you are at. He wants to draw you close to himself. You see, we need to mature in our faith. For some of us, we need to grow up. We need to mature into who God is calling us to be. We're not infants anymore. We're not infants anymore. It's a time whenever this refraining comes to really grow from it, to learn from it, to seek the Lord's face and to stand up in this time of testing. You see, we live in this culture where we may not fashion gold or silver because it's not normal to us, but we can fashion other gods in our lives. And my question to you this morning is, what is your God? What is it that you are fashioning? What is it that you are putting in place of God? What is it that is that replacement? And only you can answer this. I have just three quick points to try and help us to to get through if we have false gods in our life. If we find that we have false gods in our life, we need to realize that we are created to worship. We are a people of God. We are human beings that are designed and created to worship. Every human being has been designed and has been created to worship something. We have a longing in each of our hearts Uh, to to worship something and we don't know I don't know what all yours is but I I know what mine's was as I said it was my career it was football we have a longing to worship something you see there's different beliefs there's different religions there's different ideas of what true worship looks like but you see we need to be worshipping our one true God and we just can't help ourselves to be worshipping something but we have to come and realize that worship is not a discipline. It's actually a lifestyle. It's how we are to live. Because we are designed and we are created to give God our affection and to give him first place in our hearts. We are designed and we are created to worship God. Philippians 2, 10, 11, Revelation 4 verse 8, Revelation 4 11, Revelation 5 12 and 14, some of these references are on the screen and they tell us that it, what it is that we are to worship, that the angels in heaven, that they're crying out, holy holy, holy is the Lord God Almighty who was and is the and is to come and it goes on to say you are worthy our Lord and God to receive all glory, honour and power for you created all things and by all things they were created and to be and we've been singing these songs this morning and we're crying out holy is the lamb who was slain to receive power and wealth and wisdom and strength and honour and praise you see church we are created to be a people that worships but it's our one true god that is what it is today that we should be worshiping you see the children of israel forgot so quickly who their god was they forgot that god's that god met with them in a in a, in a burning bush they forgot that He struck water from a rock and fed an entire nation. They They forgot that they wiped out all the plagues, all the false gods, never mind the crossing of the Red Sea, that they walked right across it in dry land. And then here they are, a chapter or two over. And what are they doing? Making a calf. They had been with God. They had seen God. They seen who God was. There was a shift in the children of Israel's mindset. There was a shift within their spirit. And and I wonder what that shift was. And you see my second point is then confusion. It sets in. We are a people that can get confused. Maybe it's just me. I don't know. But I I get confused easily in the last few years. I don't know if it's COVID or what's going on. Maybe I'm just getting old and I need to admit that. Um, But sometimes we, we just get confused. And whenever we get confused, we we, we start to wander. We start to to do things differently. You see, Moses had only been away for 40 days. And yet the children of Israel wanted to live back in their old lifestyle. They wanted to live back in the times of Egypt. They they couldn't get away from that. So what did they do? They made the God that was in Egypt and forgot about the one true God. God. They made it out of what? What did they make the golden calf out of? Let's not all shout at once, folks. I'm not going to be able to hear you. Gold. Gold jewelry. Where did they get it? Where? The people were from. Egypt. They were given this from Egypt. And what they were doing was they were living back in that time. And for some of us today, we're living back in a time before we met God still. We're bringing old things into our lives. And these things can be our gods, and they replace who God is. If we go into John chapter 21, here we have the mighty man, Peter, the rock. And here he is. What was he doing whenever he met Jesus on the beach? Fishing. What was his career? fishing. We're all very quiet. This is not trick questions. I'm not trying to. It's not a wee quiz or anything. You know, I have no prizes. I'm sorry. Please feel free to, to shout out if you know the answers. I don't think I have any more questions. But what he was doing was he went back to what he knew best. He went back to his old life. And he wasn't called to fish. He was called to fish for men. And he disowned Jesus just a few verses earlier in a previous chapter. But what did Jesus do? He reinstated him. And what did he do then in Acts? He went on and preached the best message ever preached. And 3,000 people were saved. You see, for some of us, we're living in this mindset. We're living in this mindset that we get confused. And we're, we're, we need to grow in who God is. You see, the people didn't know how to lead themselves and we, as, as a group of, of God's followers, we need to learn how we are to le- lead ourselves. I heard this saying a few years ago, and you may have heard me say it, if we can't lead ourselves, we can't lead others. If we can't lead ourselves, we can't lead others. And it's important that we learn how to lead ourselves in the way of the Lord and put him first place. You see, let's take a look at Aaron. Confusion really set in with Aaron. What on earth was he doing? Moses had gave him and her the great opportunity of going down the mountain. I'm going to stay here. Aaron and, or, or, Aaron and her had already been a, a great help to Moses. In on, Exodus on 17, they got to hold up his arms in that battle that Joshua won. He was Moses' mouthpiece. He was a, probably the, the, the brains and all behind the operation that he was there talking to God. But Aaron slipped in to complacency see confusion can lead to complacency it can lead to us doing things that we're not used to do it can lead to things that we don't really understand while we're doing it and and here in exodus 32 24 and 25 this is what Aaron had to then say to Moses at the very end whenever Moses came down the mountain so I told them this is Aaron whatever whoever has any gold jewelry take it off then gave it, they gave me the gold, and I just threw it under the fire, and out came the calf. This is as if this calf just popped out. Sorry, Moses, this calf just appeared. You see, Moses saw that the people were running wild, and that Aaron had let them take it out of control, and they become a stock. You see, here was it whenever complacency can set in, things start to spiral out of control. Okay. You see, Aaron was given in to popularity rather than being loyal to God. Moses was up the mountain meeting with God, interceding for the people. God was that cross that he actually wanted to wipe the people out. And he said, Moses, I'll start over again with you. I'm going to get rid of the people. But Moses interceded. Moses pleaded for them. And you know, I just want to encourage us this morning that this is a great encouragement that we have a great high priest who is Jesus and he intercedes for us. He cries out for us. He pleads for us at the Lord's right hand. And at this time, Moses was, was a type of intercessor, of a type of, of what was coming in the Gospels. And we need to, to realize who we're following. We need to realize that it has to be God. But God is a God of a second chance. And he says to us today, are you for me? Are you willing to lay down your idols? Are you willing to follow me wholeheartedly? Because this is what the Lord is asking us. He's asking us to make a choice. And the Exodus, he's asking us to make a choice. I love this story in First Samuel 17. Samuel the, 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 is this great prophet. And here we have the Philistines. They, they'd taken... They'd taken the presence of God. They'd taken the ark. They'd stole it. And the the children of Israel were going back into battle. And when they went back into battle, they came to Samuel and says, We can only do this if you pray for us. We can only do this if you cry out to our God for us. And Samuel pleaded for the people. And he, it's a similar story to this. There was, there was false gods in this time and everything was out of control. But Samuel pleaded for the children of Israel and they won the battle and they reclaimed the ark. And in 1 Samuel 7 verse 12, Samuel says, Then I took a stone and set it up between Mishpah and Shen, and it is named Ebenezer, saying, Thus far the Lord has helped us. And I just want to encourage us this morning is that we need to make a marker in our lives. We need to lay things down. And we nearly set like a stone down as a marker. And remember that the Lord has been good and he has brought us thus far, but he wants to take us further. He wants to lead us into more. For some of us today, we need to actually set an Ebenezer. We need to set a stone and a marker and say, you know what, God, I have messed up. I have laid false gods in my life, but from today forward, I'm setting this stone. I am leaving it all to you. And the third thing is we need to be a people of God's presence. We cannot do this on our own. We cannot do this on our own. We need to be a people of God's presence. As I said at the start and we've been singing about this is Pentecost Sunday. The Holy Spirit came as it was promised from Jesus. The Holy Spirit came from heaven. And you see in Acts 2 that presence came and met with his disciples. But this presence of God was also in the Old Testament. In the next chapter. We read in Exodus 33, it says, The Lord replied, My presence will go with you, and I will give you rest. Then Moses said to him, If your presence does not go with us, do not send us up from here. And the Lord said to Moses, I will do the very thing you have asked, because I am pleased with you, and I know you by name. Then Moses said, Now show me your glory. Then the Lord said, Then the Lord, sorry, one wee second. Show me your glory. And the Lord said, I will cause all my goodness to pass in front of you. And I will proclaim my name. The Lord, the Lord in your presence, I will have mercy on whom I will have mercy. And I will have compassion on whom I have compassion. He said, you cannot see my face for no one can see me and live. Then the Lord said, there is a place nearby where you may stand on a rock. When my glory passes by, I will put you in a cleft on the rock and cover you with my hand until I have passed by. Then I will remove my hand and you will see my back, but my face must never be seen. You see, here was a statement that God was saying to his people. You need to be about my presence. You cannot do it without my presence. And he's saying that to us today, church. We cannot do this on our own. We need the power of the Holy Spirit. We need the gift from on high. We need Jesus to come and pour out his spirit once again on us. I wonder today, does any of us want to echo that, Lord shows your glory? Shows your glory, Lord. Do we actually want the Lord to come and meet with us? Do we? Because you see, whenever the Lord comes and meets with us and we ask him to show us his glory, we're marked. We are marked by God. Moses was marked. And we need to be about his presence. We need to see the miracle work in God come back and do it again. We need to see signs and wonders. We need to be saying like Moses said to the Lord, I'm not willing to go if you're not coming with me I'm not willing to go I'm not doing this And I, I really sense for some of us today That we're at this point where we actually need the Lord To come and to show up We need the Lord To come and show and reveal himself One more time to us I love that this is in Acts 1 Verse 8 it says But you will receive power When the Holy Spirit comes on you And you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem, in all judea in Samaria, and to the ends of the earth. For us to go to all these places, for us to go to our city, for us to go tomorrow back into our workplace, for us to go back into schools, for us to go back into our sports and whatever that looks like, wherever we do exercise, our communities, our families, wherever we live, we need the power of the Holy Spirit to go with us. We need Jesus to come and transform our lives because he has called us to go into our cities, to Jerusalem, to Judea, to Samaria, and to all the ends of the earth. We need the Lord to show us his glory one more time. I don't have anything else to say other than if you've got a false god in your life, I want to ask you this morning to lay it down The Lord's asking you this morning Lay it down Give it to me Because I am Yahweh I am the one true God I've probably lived about half of my life And I want to live the rest of my life Worshiping God In spirit And in truth In my life I've made bad decisions When it's come to my career It's affected my relationship with my family. And it's not worth it. God is an intimate God and he's calling us into intimacy with himself. So I want to say to you today, church, we're going to respond now. I'm going to pray. We're going to invite the Holy Spirit. For some of us, we're going to need to lay these false gods down. I'm going to ask us to be bold. I'm not going to ask Janine or Adam to come and to play soft music. We're just going to invite the presence of God and just let him come and meet with us and we're going to wait on him for a wee while if that's okay we're just going to wait and see what the Lord wants to do so if you're happy can, can we stand And we just get into a posture of just just receiving from the Lord if you're comfortable it's up to you if you want to open your hands or, or whatever that looks like we're just going to wait Holy Spirit we just thank you for your peace we thank you for your presence we thank you that you're a generous God you're not a stingy tight fisted God you're a generous loving father and you see us you know us you love us you have called us by name so Father even now we say sorry we say sorry for the things that we've done for the times that we've let you down I just pray Holy Spirit would you just come right now thank you would you just come right now Holy Spirit would you just increase your presence in this room Would you just come right now and release the ministry of the Holy Spirit in this place? Will you come and surround everyone in this room with your love? Just release the peace of heaven over everyone right now, Lord. Just release the oil of heaven more, Lord. I just want to encourage some of you today that if If you've been on this journey With a false god in your life And you feel that today is your day To lay it down I want to ask you to be bold If you're happy to come to the front Just because it's laying another stone It's laying another marker It's laying an Ebenezer Jesus. I love you God. Increase your presence, Lord. We in you. Even just ask this morning if, if you're sensing the Lord even moving in your body, if you're sensing his presence. I'm not going to tell you what it is but if you know your sense in the Lord right now do you want to come to the front as well? I would just love to pray just an increase just over your life if the Lord is moving. Just to bless what the Lord's doing right now. Thank you. Thank you more Lord now that there's people at the front there's still people that need to lay gods down today this isn't a place of judgment this isn't a community that's point pointing, going <laughs> you see your mom went up today this isn't what this is about, this is family this is real so even this morning if if you want a fresh outpouring of the Holy Spirit I want to invite you to come forward as well fresh outpouring so preparing this, this week the story of Saul was going around my head There's some people in this room today that, like Saul, one minute, you're worshiping, you're praising God, and the next minute you're looking to throw arrows, you're looking to kill, you're anxious, you're desperate, your mind shift, there's something there. There There's some people today that there's that spirit of discontentment that is on you. You know what it is to be of God and to be walking in His thing, but there's just something of this weariness, this spirit of anxiety, this spirit of, of scaredness, and as if there's things that comes in our heads, and just we're just not sure who we are. Saul was a king, and it was as if he was tormented at times. I just sense there were some folks this morning just feel like that, as if just the devil's after them. They're anxious. They're scared. You're not in the place where you once were. I get Greg and and Andrew and start praying for some of these guys in the front. And even just for the rest of us, I I just want to pray even just that, just that the Lord would just even come and just follow us afresh right we are. So Father, we thank you for your peace. We thank you for your presence. We thank you for what you're doing. And I pray, Lord, your presence and a fresh outpouring of the powerful presence of the Holy Spirit. Lord, show us your glory one more time, Lord. Come, Holy Spirit. Come and meet with us, Father, this morning. We worship you. I pray, Lord, just start even right now. Come and stir up in people's guts, Lord. A fresh outpouring, Lord, we release all the gifts. We release the prophetic of tongues and prophecy, the miraculous signs of wonders. Lord, would you come and mark your people? We are a people that are saying, we want you to go with us. We say this morning, we need you, Father. So would you come, Jesus? Falls afresh, God. Falls afresh, Janice. Um, I'm. It's just. Is it your son? Your son's. I've, what's your son's name? Chris. Chris. I just sense the Lord uh, really just wants to reveal Himself to you this morning. He wants to come and say, "I see you, Chris." It's a bit like Gideon, this character, and uh, Judges. Gideon was this. This, this man that was from the least clan, from the weakest people. But God said to him, you are my strong, you are my mighty warrior, and I am for you. And I just want to say today that the God, God looks at you, Chris, and he says, you, Chris, you are my strong. You are my mighty warrior, and I have big things in store for you. He has marked you, and he is calling you into a greater relationship with him. And he also wants to say to you, Chris, yes, it's my voice. It's my voice that you're hearing. It's me. It's me that you're hearing. So God, just press Chris today. Lord, I pray, increase your your presence upon him. Increase just the way that he would hear who you are and what you're doing. Just release all that you have right now from heaven, God. So we're just going to finish up here. But I want to encourage you that if you would like prayer or if you'd like to stay in the presence of God, you're most welcome to do that. We're going to pray here for a wee while longer. There's tea and coffee. The kids are there. Go get your kids. You can bring them back or do whatever it is. But let's not leave here, church. Let's not leave here the same today. Let's not leave the same way we come in. So, Father, we just thank you for who you are, for what you're doing. So, would you just come today and show us your glory one more time? Amen. Amen.